0: Dear friends in Christ, one of the greatest mysteries of the Bible, something that we'll never fully be able to understand with our finite minds, is the mystery about how Jesus could be God and man at the same time. We see that throughout the scriptures, throughout the gospels especially, the authors are very concerned to show us the humanness of Jesus as well as his divine nature. And if I asked you, as I ask my confirmants every year, okay, right now, list for me some things that showed in the Bible that Jesus was God. And then tell me some other things that you've noticed as you've read the Gospels that show that he was very much a human being as well. You know, these last few weeks, we have seen his humanness, exhibited in a variety of ways. Even though he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, we see his humble birth and we see that he was brought up seemingly in a normal environment of a young Jewish boy at that time in history. As a boy, he probably worked with his father Joseph in the carpenter shop as he was growing up. And then after his father passed away, He continued to help his mother Mary and his other brothers and sisters since he was the oldest child until he went off when he was 30 years old to begin the ministry God the Father had called him into. These early years of Jesus' life were years of preparation for what was to come. God chose to wait for a very special day to occur to acknowledge that Jesus was his beloved son. This past week, we saw quite a few swearing-in ceremonies taking place in Washington, D.C., as senators and, and congresspeople were sworn in to begin officially the work that they were elected to do. And I was thinking about that this past week, and and I thought about the baptism of our Lord in a sense that was kind of his swearing-in ceremony, where he officially began his work as Savior and as Messiah, the work that he had been called to do by his Father. Jesus came to that river to be baptized by John, but John says to him, as we heard In our gospel reading this morning, Why are you here, Jesus? You should be baptizing me, John says. But Jesus responds, Let it be so, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Or, as the translation in our text in our bulletin said, For now this is how it should be, because we must do all that God wants us to do. You see, Jesus was identifying with all humanity, you and me, by coming to the river that day to be baptized. He is saying, I'm ready. I'm ready to fulfill that calling God the Father has set before me. And I'm willing to fulfill that role as Savior and to free people from their sins. Recently I read about a soldier during a very miserable moment in their military training. The recruits had been ordered to the rifle range right after a downpour of rain. And there, flat in the mud, very frustrated soldiers shot round after round at the targets. One of the soldiers there in the mud reached back in disgust again and again getting shells from the soldier behind him. And resentment uh, built up in this soldier that he had to be laying there in the, in the mud practicing. Why couldn't it be a time when the weather was more decent? Then he reached back once again to get another round, and he caught a glimpse of the soldier behind him. He hadn't paid attention but he saw his face out of the corner of his eye. It was his commander. Flat in the mud, there passing out the shells, was his commander. He was, he wrote, at one with his men that day. From that time on, the soldier said, I was ready to follow that man even to death. You see, It's Jesus who has come to our level, coming to lie flat in the mud with humanity in this imperfect world. And there he is behind us and beside us, sharing our experiences and sharing even in our suffering because he loves us that much. In that identification with humanity, Jesus gives hope and power To his children. We see that as we read on in the story. Matthew records that the heavens were open and the Spirit of God in the form of a dove came upon Jesus. You see, he's anointed and empowered by the Spirit to become that divine servant who came to this earth for our sake. Without the Spirit's power, you see, Jesus would never have been able to win the victory over Satan and face that agony that was coming three years later on the cross. It's the same with us. We cannot make it through life either without being empowered by that same Holy Spirit. In the reading today, we see that that anointing is reinforced by some words that came out of heaven words from his heavenly father, saying, This is my son, the one I love, the one I am pleased with. God made it perfectly clear in a very direct and dramatic way how he felt about his son. The heavenly father said, You are mine. I am acting in you, and I love you. Powerfully, those words came from heaven. And without a doubt, God declared how He felt about this Jesus of Nazareth. Now, this happened not only at the River Jordan that day, but it ha- happened a couple other times in the Gospels as well. And it wasn't too many weeks ago that we shared the Christmas story and how the angels proclaimed to the shepherds on the hillsides around Bethlehem. These words, today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. God the Father through his angels told humanity that this little one born that night in Bethlehem was to be our Savior, our Lord. There was no question about it. This is who he was. And then in a few weeks, at the end of the season of the Epiphany, We'll have the Sunday of the Transfiguration when Jesus went up on the mountain. And remember that story how he was transfigured before those disciples that he brought up with him. And a voice from heaven said those same powerful words Once again, this is my son. Listen to him. And then today, those words ring across the desert there by the Jordan River. Those same words in that same tone. This is my son. I love him. I am pleased with him. You know, Jesus had a a tough ministry, and he needed his father's love to be reinforced again and again, just like we all do. We need our fathers and mothers to reinforce their love for us so that we can make it through our lives as well. Well, in Christ's baptism, then, the Father in heaven identified with his Son here on earth and said, you are my Son. No question about it, and I love you. But in that baptism, something else happened. Christ identified with us. In baptism, the connection, you see, is secured. The link is made. God connects with his children at the baptismal fount. Christ makes that connection. It's not anything we do. He became the bridge, you see, between Almighty God and you and me. God has put his hands on us in the waters of baptism, and now we're connected to him. You know, it was back in January of 1930 that the most far-reaching radio broadcast up to that time was scheduled to be played. It was King George's message to the opening session of the London Arms Conference, and for the first time, the entire world would be brought together with the sound of the King's voice. However, here in America, we almost missed it. A few minutes before the king was to speak to his worldwide audience, a member of the control room staff of CBS tripped over a wire and broke it, severing the connection. But we are told that Harold Vivian, the chief control operator grabbed one end of the broken wire with one hand and took the other end of the wire in his other hand and just forced them together and held on. And as he did that, 250 volts of electricity went through his body, but he didn't let go. He just held those wires together there, and because of that, all over America, people heard King George uh, in his speech from London that day. You see, that's what Christ has done for us as well. He connects us, we as human beings who need a Savior, with the infinite and all-loving God in heaven. You see, the circuit was broken because of sin, but Christ has made the connection. He reached up and received that, that power from his heavenly Father in heaven. And he came to earth, and he knew our situation, and he took that cord in his own body and put them together so that we could be forgiven. And no, he didn't have electricity go through his body, but he went through the suffering and death, the cruel death on a cross for us. When the circuit of his healing and grace is linked, then we too receive that same power he did. And we can make it through our lives experiencing his forgiveness and his Spirit's power. Our lesson today that Brad read for us kind of reminds us of that theme. It says God washed us by the power of the Holy Spirit, he gave us new life and a fresh beginning. Jesus, it says, treated us much better than we deserve. He made us acceptable to God and gave us the hope of eternal life. You know, often at Christmas time we receive gifts of clothing with the assumption, maybe by our wives or somebody else, that that something we have that we wear often needs it to be thrown away, it's worn out. When you get a new sweater. It wouldn't make much sense just to continue to wear the old sweater with holes in the elbows when you've got a new sweater sitting there on the shelf. Getting new clothes gives us the opportunity to go through our old clothes and decide which things should be thrown away and then to enjoy the new wardrobe that we've been given. A new year also does that, in a sense, provides us with the opportunity of a new beginning, a fresh start, as our lesson reminds us about today. Christ gives us that new beginning and that fresh start, as once again this year, he says to you and me, it's time once again to put on that new robe of righteousness and to be washed clean again by the forgiveness that I won for you when I died on the cross, that robe that is given first to us at baptism, but that we continue to wear as we continue to ask for his forgiveness. When you and I are baptized, we receive the sign of the cross upon our forehead and our heart, and then the waters are are poured over our head, and God says to us, I want you to be my son or my daughter. I want you for all time. You are my child, heir to my kingdom. What a wonderful thing it is to be reminded again and again that we belong to God. And he wants us. It's not that we are coming to him, but he's coming to us and putting his arms around us and saying, you are my child and I love you, just as he did to his son there by the Jordan River 2,000 years ago. Jesus needed those words. We need those words to be heard over and over again in our lives as well. And as we receive those words and receive that power that he gives us, we can belittle Christ, making connection with other people around us. We can hold those wires together too and allow the Spirit to flow through us to help other people understand the powerful message of God's love and power as well. We can live out our lives knowing that we are loved by him. There's a college in North Carolina. It's called Belmont Abbey College. And it sits on property that before the Civil War was a large southern plantation But then the land was given to the Catholic Church, and the abbey and the college was built right on that land of the plantation. It is said that in the the far back corner of that property, the monks found a huge granite stone. And upon that stone, men and women and children once stood more than a century ago, to be sold as slaves. The monks took that stone and they hollowed out a little bit on the top surface of that stone. Then they carried it in to the abbey's chapel where it is today, and it serves as a baptismal font. And the engraving on the front of that giant rock says, Upon this rock, men, women, and children were once sold into slavery. Now upon this rock, through the waters of baptism, people become free children of Christ. That rock was transformed in its use. And we, too, can be transformed as we understand what the waters in our baptism have, and continue to do in our lives. We are now free because of Christ and his identification with us when we were baptized. He knows our sins, he knows our struggles, and he forgives us. And by his Spirit, he gives us power, and he gives us affirmation again and again that we are wanted, that we are loved, that he is proud of us. That's the message that we have to share with a world that is crying out for love. May those words and that good news today sink deep into our hearts. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, allow us to share that good news of Christ's love with the people we see day by day. Amen.